Sheldon, let's just get it out of the way. I think we know who the MVPs of this episode are. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Shouts to Big T and CT, the dynamic duo. Always. Speaking of dynamic duos, I'm John Chidley Hill. Hey, I see what you did there, and I like it. Now I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. Like I said, I mean, we'll go, we'll go through the blow-by-blow, blow, but off the top, what a performance by CT and Big T. I thought you were just, just heartwarming. Laughing. I thought you were just laughing because you noticed me take the gum out of my mouth as I realized that I'm <laughs> chewing to start a podcast. <laughs> chewing gum. Um, but yeah, I mean, CT and Big T, great performance for sure. There, there's really not much to this episode. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. The episode, you know, they try to still build up this whole Amber B and Gabby drama because Amber B's mad she got blindsided. And, you know, right off the top, though, we find out that Darrell wants a skull. Well, no shit, obviously. Um, but Kyle says something that I wanted to get your take on. Kyle says that he thinks Amber B is one of the fakest girls in the house. Do you think that's true? Yes. Ooh, that is okay. that is a hundred percent the like sense that I'm getting. And like we don't just have to take Kyle's word for it, and like Gabby has said it as well. But we see it like not even in confessional. Like it's a little there's a lot of confessional gangsters on the show for sure, but there's a difference between you know, talking shit in confessional and being friendly to people's faces. Like, it's not great. But we see in, like, the candid parts where we'll have a scene where Amber is speaking to Big T about, like, how she rides with the rookie girls. And then, you know, cut to her talking to KC about how, like, she's been Big Brother since day one. Mm -hmm. And like it's a small house, like that doesn't go unnoticed. <laughs> like, yeah. and we we see it in this episode too, where she's like chatting up Devin in the uh, liquor dome. Like it's it's just doing I, too much, which I think a lot of people do, especially during their uh, first go round on the show, right? Like, because you yeah. think that you have to play friends with everybody when you don't really. It just comes down to having your numbers and. So she still thinks, you know, oh, I should be nice to Devin because you never know. But really, it doesn't matter because, you know, Devin, you and Devin being on the same side, it's not a thing where that matters because you have numbers that he doesn't. That's it. It's also a classic Big Brother move because on Big Brother, you always have to be taking everyone's temperature. Like yeah. you, Basically, on Big Brother, you have to go around the house and you have to check in on everyone and see where they're at and like take a read of where they're at at least once a day, if not more. In the challenge, it's not a big deal if you don't speak to someone for days. It's hard to do, but like you don't have to talk game all the time exactly. on the challenge. And there's another level at play too when you're talking about Big Brother because obviously some of those people will end up in the jury house and could be a vote for you to win. But in this, that doesn't matter. So she's still trying to figure that part out and she'll get it. And obviously her partner in being Darrell, he's just a different dude as well. So it's not like he's out here playing that politic game himself either. Yeah. So she's in a tough spot. And, you know, Gabby says her and Devin were the worst double agents ever. <laughs> and she's mad she didn't go in. CT trying to explain it's a rookie mistake. And they, her, both Devin and CT acknowledge the fact that they both made mistakes multiple times through their challenge careers. And Devin's still here making the same mistakes. And he says he can't stop being himself, right? He can't shut himself up. And that's been his worst uh is the worst thing about his game this season. So you look at it now and you think CT knows that he basically had to win this challenge. And Devin probably wanted that to happen as well, because if Devin doesn't have that happen, well, then he's probably going in. And we yeah. know how it plays out. But at the end of the day, that's kind of how things were lining up, right? I mean... Devin nailed it when he said in this conversation with Gabby and CT, unfortunately, I'm incredibly annoying. And it's a shame because, you know, a lot of people online, like on the Facebook group, on Twitter, everywhere, they've said, like, Devin's 
carrying this season in terms of entertainment value. Because mm-hmm. he's not playing scared. He's, you know, he's entertaining. He's doing work in the confessional booth. But, man, he's not helping his game by constantly running his mouth. And I say this as someone who spent all of his teen years and 20s running his mouth. But like in every aspect, like I, and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I'm tough. Like I was definitely writing checks that I could not cash with how much shit talk came out of these lips. And it's just like, you gotta like, it's, you can chirp and chirping can be funny and chirping can be really disarming. And like people might even like it if you like gently make fun of them. And I think you see Kyle as an example, do a great job of that. Yeah. Kyle makes fun of people, but people aren't annoyed with Kyle because mm-hmm. there's like some uh, genuine moments that come out of Kyle and he has a better sense of when to can it. Like Kyle will get off his one zinger and then he's just quiet. Yeah. Maybe not quiet, but he's not like just going back to the well, especially when Devin doesn't read or maybe he reads and just doesn't care when people are annoyed with him. Kyle at least is like, okay, like I got my dig in. <laughs> like, I'm just going to laugh it off <laughs> and like move on. Yeah. Um, but speaking of also like just someone who talks a little too much, kind of in the same light as Devin, Josh, right? Like Josh is talking about how he doesn't want to go in, but he would be comfortable going back in. And, you know, he's just saying that we know he doesn't mean it, but He's just staring at Nani. And I thought this was funny because this was a classic Josh episode, minus for him having a fight. The only thing that was missing would be Josh having a screaming match with someone. And we'll get to it a little later on. And I'll give Josh a lot of credit for some things in this episode that we'll see later on. We'll talk about later on. But in this moment here, this is classic Josh just being friend zoned. Like how many different seasons have we seen Josh get friend zoned Right. And I'm thinking about Georgia. There's Nani, obviously. There's someone else that I'm missing. Laurel? Um, Amanda. Amanda. Yes. Yes. Amanda. How could I forget Amanda? Shouts to Amanda. I always liked Amanda. I miss Amanda on the challenge. Um, Me too. I loved Amanda. Yeah. Amanda was funny. She was, she was grade A challenge entertainment. Um, But yeah, he's just staring at Nani, giving her the googly eyes. And she's like, come on, I'm your sister. And, Josh is just, you know, he's falling again. And I'm just thinking, is this a bit for him? Cause, or is he really trying to like make a move on Nani? Because it was kind of strange. And then eventually she just gets up and she repeated multiple times, this is getting creepy. And when you're using the term creepy multiple times, it's not a good look for you, Josh. This is not one of the times I'm gonna big you up in this episode for sure. So I don't know what you were on. I'm disappointed in us that we didn't predict that this would happen. Well, because, like, I don't know. I don't know. Nowhere in this season have you or I been like, oh, man, Josh is going to fall in love with someone, let alone Nani. But, like, he does this every season. Yeah. And... See, I go the other way. I think it was so predictable we didn't even have to mention it. Like, I just thought it was obvious because <laughs> it literally always happens that's that's fair he ends up falling in love with them and you know what makes it real sad like real real sad more than just like the surface level pathetic that this scene was given the way they were dressed the vibe i had the real sense this was around like late morning early afternoon you know like they hadn't like gotten like dressed for the day but they clearly like hadn't gotten like they weren't drunk they weren't hung over this is like 11 a.m in the goddamn morning yeah that he's like sending the googly eyes maybe may i don't want to say acceptable maybe understandable if it's like 1 a.m and you've been drinking all night he's shooting a shot you're shooting your shot because you're drunk and lonely and horny. Sure. But like, man, it's a, it's 11 a.m. Like, you're talking game. Why are you shooting the googly eyes? Especially with a camera present. Like, 
That's what like, I think. That's what I'm saying. I think years. it could just be an act. It could just be a bit where he's trying to get some camera time because Nani's like, come on, I'm your sister. Da, da, da. Like, this is getting weird. Da, da. Like, I don't know what was going on. It was super weird. I felt uncomfortable watching. So, yeah, that's where I was at. Yeah. Um, Fair. I also felt uncomfortable watching CT and Big T, their little workout that they had going on because I didn't really know. <laughs> what that this was. was definitely a bit yeah i didn't like, know this what that was, was definitely was on, but it was funny at first i was like oh this is nice like ct's trying to help big t yeah and then like the way he was describing to her like what the bands would do mm-hmm. and he's like yeah it's a biohack and i'm like is he like fucking around here like is, is this and like it was well it was clear that it it became clear, like, once I realized she was in flip-flops, I'm like, oh, they're just bored. And yeah. she, like, made a comment about getting in better shape, mm-hmm. and he's just, like, amusing himself and amusing her. Yeah. And it's just, like, I really, really like how their partnership has developed mm-hmm. over the course of this season. Mm-hmm. Also, I can't, you know, CT's been on this show for 18 seasons, and keep in mind... He took breaks after Diem died, and he took a break. Well, he was suspended from the show for a couple of years. Like he's been at this for like more than a decade, and it's so funny to see CT be like the nurturing, supportive, like charming, bit of a dad bod yeah. version of himself now compared to the like walking monster that actually gave me nightmares uh, back when he was like smashing people's jaws on the first night and like getting kicked off of the show and like ripping doors off of their hinges. (laughs) Like it's so, it's amazing how much someone can change over the course of a a decade. Completely different dude for sure. And it's funny where you've seen him turn into a different person, but you look at someone like Lolo who continuously, and I know we're talking a shorter span of time here, but she's shown very little change from since we first saw her on this show, however many years ago that was. And there's no growth. She, for someone who's been on a bunch of different reality shows, you can tell she has no she doesn't really see how she's viewed, if that makes sense. So when she's getting no. mad about not being thrown in the elimination, and then she says, quote, I'm not going to sit here on the elimination stage and not getting to go in when I could be at home training for the Olympics. Close quote. But you sound like such a jackass. It like, oh, doesn't yeah. make you sound like you're, you're trying to make people be sympathetic for you, but you're going at it a completely different way. And when we talk about this show a lot, we talk about, you know, why we like certain people or why we don't, or, you know, the change in CT. When you see things like that, you end up wanting to root for certain people. Mm-hmm. And I'll even say later Absolutely. on, well, later on when we get to Josh, I'll, I'm not saying I'm rooting for Josh, but I'm saying I saw some little bit of change. I was like, Oh, okay. It's not all horrible there, but Lolo, it's just like, every time she came on the screen, I was waiting for her the scene to end it's just annoying and it's just the same bit over and over again like you could have played the exact same scene from like four episodes ago or from the last season when she was on and it's the exact same like i'm gonna lose it nobody wants me here nobody wants to go against me and think about her and ct were dealing with the exact same situation Mm -hmm. thinking that someone they're blocking you and they don't want to give you a chance to get the skull but yet Look at the different ways that they went about it, especially when you think it's Lolo and Nob and CT and Big T, right? CT and Big T were still out here competing. Lolo and Nob mm-hmm. had a chance, the same amount of chances that CT and Big T did, but they just never also, took advantage of it. To your point, CT does not have as strong a partner as Lolo does. Yeah. No disrespect to Big T, who we love. Yeah, She's great. But physically, there's no comparing what Nam brings to the table versus Big T. Yeah. And obviously, Big T is more fun. She's more communicative. But CT's been dealt, in some ways, a tougher hand. And there's actually a scene, which 
I thought was remarkable where Lolo is working out slash sulking by herself outdoors. And basically everyone in the house is talking about how she's mentally checked out yeah. and like she's about to leave. just eating herself alive. You could see it, but it's, it's, it was remarkable. Like who was having that conversation? Josh and Devin were part of that conversation. They hate each other. Like people in the house who dislike each other were united in talking about like how bad Lolo's attitude was. And Sheldon, I'm going to say the straightest, whitest, broiest thing I've ever said on this podcast. Are you ready? I don't think I am, but okay. It reminded me of an episode of the Joe Rogan experience because <laughs> there is an episode where former UFC fighter Dominic Cruz uh, came on and he was talking about, he had, for those of you who are not into mixed martial arts, he had a string of really bad injuries, mainly uh, tearing his um, ligaments, all of the ligaments in his knees. And he it's actually, I know people don't like Joe Rogan. It's fair. I don't like Joe Rogan either. But this interview is really interesting and I invite our listeners to check it out. Dominic Cruz, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan experience talking about mental health. And he talks about how Cruz, that is, spoke about how as an elite athlete, when he couldn't work out anymore because his legs, his knees were totaled, he realized how weak he was mentally and how his routine of working out and being at the time he was pound for pound, the best mixed martial artist in the world, how when that was taken away from him he realized he had nothing like you take away, you know, the belts, the money, you know, that record when all that stripped away, he realized he had nothing because he put everything he had into his athletic pursuits into fighting. In his case, it's really clear to me. That's what's going on with Lolo. All Lolo has is competing in the Olympics. It's all she knows. It's all, Darrell sort of touches on it in a confessional. It's, it's the only thing that she can compare things to. Mm-hmm. Something is either like the Olympics or it's not like the Olympics. Yeah. That's all there is to her life. Yeah. And honestly, as annoying as I find Lolo, that's very sad. And that's really unhealthy. Yeah. It's, it's her life's work, right? And she looks at it in the sense of that's how she gets her value. Right. That's how she values herself. That's where she gets her her accomplishments through working out, through training, through winning and losing. That's kind of how she governs her life. And you can tell that. And it's weird, but it's just the reality of the situation. And I thought it was interesting because um, as you go into the next challenge, this was a challenge that you would assume her and Nam would probably do really well in. I thought this was a pretty epic challenge. Like I thought it was really badass and cool. And this was TJ... the best challenge. This was the best daily challenge all season. Yeah. This and... was so entertaining. Yeah. I think sometimes when they come on and they're like, oh, this is going to be really cool. It's like, oh, okay, that's not bad. But, you know, first off, you're standing on the front of a boat while it's moving. And I don't care how fast the boat's moving. You're still standing on a boat while it's moving. Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever been to a boat cruise, like a party, like a party cruise. I don't. What are those things called? Yeah, a party cruise. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you get on a, a boat, booze cruise, a boat ride. Yeah, booze cruise, sure. But like, I don't know about you all, but after a couple of drinks, my little one-two step might be a little different than it was at the beginning <laughs> of the night. That's all I'm saying. And that boat's not going fast. So my point though is that first off, stand in balance on the front of the boat, then to jump onto a rope and hold on to that rope while you're dangling from a helicopter, then drop yourself in the middle of this zone and then swim. Like the adrenaline rush would just be enough alone. Like it was just an incredible thing to see. (laughs) But I will say, and I don't know if this is my line of the episode, but it might as well, it might be. (laughs) I found it weird because given the context of Nani, it kind of made me go, like, really? She said, quote, anything to do with helicopters, I get weirdly excited about. And maybe this is completely unfair, 
But I feel like if you watch this show enough, when Nani said that, I was kind of like, hmm. <laughs> it kind of made me yeah. interested. Like, what are we exactly talking about right now? Like, is there some story that, you know, might be on some challenge uncut or something? Like, what, what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? I don't know. But anyways, I, I thought this challenge I like to think. I like to think of Nani building, like, model helicopters and like just like See, getting that's not the like where I was going with this at all <laughs> but <it's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> like an eyewitness you know those uh eyewitness books that we had in like public school libraries when we were kids where yeah. they'd be like yeah like one of those books but on helicopters like i imagine she's super into the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. of like sikorsky's yeah or whatever you know what i mean yeah like i that's what i pictured okay all right. Fair enough. <laughs> that was Fair the enough. most Sheldon like, okay. I, I podcast with an idiot sometimes. That's fine. <laughs> I would never I would never say such a thing. I would never say such a thing. Um, but yeah, let's let's keep it moving though. Let's keep it moving though. Because uh, everybody sure. went and you know, there were some kind of funny moments, but there weren't like it wasn't really the challenge where you're breaking down every single person going through, right? Like Casey no. and Leroy, they worked well as a team. They did a good job. Amber B and Darrell, same thing. They were pretty funny. I thought it was good when uh, the killers were going, Pam and Kyle, and the commentary from Leroy, where he's like, oh, look at my <laughs> girl. She's ready down in her football stance. And then he said, <laughs> and I actually wrote this down. I should probably take a picture of it, but I actually wrote down, quote, Look at her over there looking all thick, but it's spelled T H I C C C C C. Because that's how we said certain people are going to understand what I'm saying. I understand. Yeah. But anyway, Pam and Leroy, just a great couple. I'm enjoying them on this season so much. Um, But I guess the first thing to talk about for real on in this whole thing was Josh. And I know I'm still not at the point yet where I'm going to say something positive about Josh, but we're getting there. This was one of the worst performances we've seen in a while in a competition. I mean, because I don't even know what he was trying to do. Like, was he trying to grab the rope to hand and not eat the rope while grabbing his at the same time? Like, it was just Josh doing way too much. And... You know, he tried to grab the rope and I guess missed it or handed it to Nani and then Nani falls off the boat, which was super dangerous, first off, because she could have fallen back like into the boat, which wouldn't have been good either. But then Josh didn't even get come close to getting his rope and then has the audacity to look back at the judges or the producers, whoever it is on the boat and say, "Okay, so we get to go again, right? They're like, no, you're disqualified. He's like, what? What? He's acting. <laughs> He's like, dude, are you serious right now? What, what's going on right now? But, anyways, yeah, typical Josh, as everyone was saying, just a horrible, horrible, horrible performance. By just brutal. I also had to know when he says, "Can we go again?" And the producer's like. No, that's it. You're disqualified. And Josh goes, no, DQ? No fucking way. Like, yes, Josh. Yes fucking way. You idiot. Like, the entire point of the cut, like, the entire point. Why would you get to go again? Yeah. Why? So, And I think, I think what happened, and I think this is a key thing, and we see it again, is he was so, f- it's a competition where you just have to focus on what you're doing, not yeah. what your partner is doing. Yeah. Your responsibility is to get yourself onto the rope, to hold on as long as possible, to let go at the right time, and to swim. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. You don't worry about what your partner is doing. And he clearly, for whatever reason, decided that he had to like be chivalrous, I guess, yeah. for his air quotes it. sister. I think that's definitely like, he's trying to do too much to impress her to make it seem like, hey, I'm going to get you your rope and get my rope and we're going to win and we're going to be the best and we're going to be Mr. and Mrs. James Bond and win this challenge. And it just looked horrible for him. And I will say this much. Devin saved him. Devin saved him yeah. from embarrassments because, I mean, Devin trolling him, it was funny for a bit. But then he started going way too far because I think you didn't even have to make fun of Josh. 
It was such a bad performance that the results were going to speak for themselves. You didn't have to do all that. So Josh was doing too much, but then Devin was doing too much. And I'm saying all this before Devin even went and shit the bed himself. So I don't know. The trolling of Josh, it was funny. And even Gabby, who I'm growing to really like Gabby a lot more. But Gabby was like, are you done yet? And Devin's like, nah, I think I'm going to go a couple minutes more. It was just so over the top. But I said I was going to give Josh a bit of credit here. I'm I'm giving him credit for not reacting. Because mm-hmm. after a while, I wouldn't have blamed him for reacting. And no. even after Devin sucked, he still didn't really, or at least we didn't see it. We didn't see him go back at Devin and scream at him or like say anything like, oh, see, good for you. you like there was nothing. And I give Josh a lot of credit for that. I really do. There's no shade. There's no butts coming. It's just, nope. I give Josh credit for that. And I'm not sure the last time I've said that on this podcast. Yeah, I think you're right, and I hope it's a sign of a more mature Josh. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is necessarily, but like it's a step in the right direction. The thing about Devin is that's a situation where like Devin has antagonized Josh so much that if anything the most powerful thing he can do is just be quiet and when like Josh or Nani looks at him just go i'm not gonna say anything and like make a show of that like that there's something to be said for the punch that's not thrown you know what i mean and And like no but also you can't talk that much shit before you go no no you can't for sure not like you know if leroy talked shit not that he would but like leroy having completed it successfully and leroy not being the best swimmer Mm -hmm. by his own admission if leroy was talking that shit Okay, maybe, but Devin and like what's also brutal is that Devin is doing this, what a day, two days after he, Gabby, and CT were talking, and he said that he like has to learn how to turn it off, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, totally, um, totally agree. There, there was some other unimpressive moments anisa just sort of sliding off in her own words like a turd into the toilet um i think we do god help us have to talk about lolo and nam once again nam does fine i'm not saying nam's the best but he's above average at these daily competitions he holds his own lolo loses her shoe starts to swim sideways she insists that there was like extra drag from losing her shoe and immediately declares that they've lost as soon as they get on there yeah like there's just extra drag because she's a drag by nature that's she is a drag like that's i don't have much to say about that it's just like whatever i don't even know why you're swimming backwards like being extra like nothing your shoe losing your shoe doesn't make you have to swim backwards instead of swimming frontwards like i don't understand how that makes sense but and also if you feel your shoe falling off you know what you do you kick off your shoe like immediately you just say like fuck my shoe and you focus on the task at hand right i got nothing on her um devin and gabby we mentioned that devin pulls a josh karma came for devin and I mean, he had a terrible attempt because it looked even worse because Gabby got up so easily and he was just standing there like frozen, not even really reaching for his rope. Like, I don't even know what he was doing. It was a terrible performance by him. But I almost wonder if he threw the competition. It was so bad. No. No? You think it was uh, genuinely just bad? Yeah, because he would want to win. He would definitely want to win. And I know he wouldn't want to make the decision again. I mean, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that. The only reason I do say that, though, is because him winning would guarantee that he's not going in. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, unless Gabby somehow convinced him to put them back in again because it could have been a female challenge, but I doubt that would have happened. But, you know, who knows? Um, and then, as we mentioned, right, Big T and CT, they're super supportive. Big T was just like the funniest shot was big t just swinging from the rope with this huge smile on her face 
was like, is this like, have you done this before? Like, it was so weird. And I love the genuine reactions from CT because that was my reaction watching it. Like, where did this yeah. come from? I was stunned. And CT had so many great quotes. He's just like, I love his, his confession. He's like, don't look at me. I'm just as shocked as you are. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> He's yelling at her. Like, have you been hiding this the whole time? And she's just calm and cool. She's like, oh, that felt marvelous. He's like, marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> Their whole back and forth are just so amazing. And then she drops these bombs that we didn't know. She did swim team when she was in school. Right? It was like, what? Like, how did that never come up before? I've never heard her mention that. They've done water challenges before. I've never heard that mentioned, but it was a great surprise. And then uh, what was her, the, the ace in, in the hole that she did that pole she, dancing? She had done pole dancing lessons. And I loved, first of all, CT mugging for the camera through this conversation as they're on the speedboat. Was, the whole thing was like, oh, yeah. we could have transcribed scene. the entire conversation. It was so funny and so like, real like so genuine but when big t tells ct that she thought she did well because of her pole dancing lessons he goes apparently i've been training for these challenges all wrong (laughs) you mentioned when she said it was quite marvelous and he goes fuck that (laughs) it was i mean what a just like beautiful like five minute scene and what's nice is that privately in confessional ct has had his doubts but has regularly told big t like has been nice has been supportive when he did lose his temper with her he apologized he's been a good partner genuinely likes her yeah he's been a good partner he genuinely likes her she genuinely likes him. They're quite an odd couple. But, like, it was so nice to see two partners, first of all, like each other and get along. And just, like, the excitement he had for her. And this is their second time winning it, isn't it? Because they also won the... Oh, no, they came... Did no, they, they win the one early, where she was? No, they won early on because remember CT was like, "I'm gonna just let Big T handle it because it was a uh, yeah. female elimination." That's right. You're right. When they when she had to hang off of the side of the cliff. Yeah. But like, just, I mean, anyone who watches the show, like, they've got to be the sentimental favorites. Yeah, I mean, you, the dynamic between the two of them has just been so good, and everything that you know you talked about earlier in terms of the CT that we know from the beginning is not the person that we see now. And you think about how that CT have handled being partnered with big T and it's just, when you wrap all that together and just see how well they're working, but also he says it all the time. All I ask is that you give it your all because he's been on their show long enough to know that there's certain people who are just like, I quit or I can't do this. And that's not her attitude. She's at least going to try. And Mm -hmm. I think that that part is awesome. And he appreciates that. So even when TJ comes out afterwards and TJ's like, listen, normally I'll like say, you know, three teams, whatever, but this one, forget that. CT and Big T just dominated this entire challenge. I thought that was really cool. That was really cool. It it was really cool. And also, like, I love Big T. I think I don't, I've never heard any fan put down Big T. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to see her, like, this is a confidence building moment. Yeah right and like i hope it encourages her to keep coming back she says that um tj telling her that she killed it is like the highlight of her challenge career Mm -hmm. honestly i hope it's not the highlight like i hope she has further highlights yeah Yeah. because she's great and it's nice to see just like everyone was on board like the Mm -hmm. reception they got when they came back on shore was great and i also want to say from a production standpoint I think one of the reasons why this daily challenge was so enjoyable was because we got to see some of the banter on the shore. Like, yeah, obviously there was Devin chirping Josh, but we had this great moment where Corey is saying like, oh, like put me in. Corey couldn't compete because he's the rogue agent. He doesn't have a partner. And he's like, just put me in. I want to do this so bad because he liked the idea of being on the helicopter. Mm -hmm. And Kyle goes, says something like, just win so like don't let your partners go home like that's the problem like it's just like it was fun seeing the banter going on on the shore and ct and big t coming on the shore and everyone cheering for big t and everyone i think 
genuinely happy that she did well. Like that was just great to see. And like, that's, that's something we haven't seen a lot of this season. We haven't seen a lot of the like character moments. Yeah. For lack of a better phrase. Definitely agree. And like the non-character moment that came up soon after was obviously Lolo crying because she was embarrassed and she's used to being the best. So, and like the challenge just like, it's amazing to me that she still doesn't realize that the challenge is not the Olympics. Like it's not the bobsled. It's not hurdles. It's not whatever. Like it's just completely different. And the fact that she still doesn't get that is so strange to me. And so I don't even really want to talk about it much more. Like she ends up leaving cool, gives some like terrible speech before she leaves, whatever. Um, the actual gameplay CP was going around trying to figure out what's going on and trying to tell everyone that he wants to go against Josh. So basically what ends up happening from that point on, even through the liquor dome, which we still get like a very PG version of the liquor dome. And I'm convinced of my theory that they're just trying to open up the challenge and branch it out more as you put it on like CBS apps or CTV apps. You're trying to branch it out more so it can be like a PG show. That's what I think is going down right now. But I think so too. It's just my assumption. Because it's totally toned down. You've convinced me. There's you barely see them drinking. Like they're kind of taking shots or playing flip cup, but not really like it was before. Not at all. This we've seen on the challenge. We've seen people have threesomes on the challenge. Yeah. Like there's been, been some wild shit on this show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we see none of that. They're, they're definitely getting away from that. Yeah. So, you know, basically that whole narrative though, turns into CT and big T, but mostly CT trying to get everyone to vote in Josh, but Leroy, Leroy and Cam, who've been doing a very good job of showing their cards, but not really. Leroy starts telling Nani, you know, and then obviously they start telling Josh, CT wants Josh, but it builds up to everyone realizing the numbers game that's really going on here, right? Because do they have enough numbers to throw in Josh? And the answer is, it was probably going to come down to Darrell, right? And we knew which side Darrell was going to lean towards. He's clearly not playing with CT. CT should have mm-hmm. known that. And so that was the thing that made it so tough when you're trying to figure out what was going to happen next, right? And, you know, meanwhile, while all this is going on, like, do you want to talk about Amber B and, and Devin? And I don't, Devin I mean, that whole not really. I mean, not really. I do. I I just want to point out that this, I alluded to it earlier, but this is an example of how Amber is really fake. Because in confessional, like, I love Devin. He's fake to people's faces. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's just two fake people being fake to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all I, that's all I have yeah. to say about it. And I guess that's why I was saying earlier, Gabby is calling it out and, I appreciate that more because I'd rather know that someone that I don't fuck with somebody and they don't fuck with me. I don't want to play pretend, right? Like that's not how I roll. So I totally get that. Um, But I do think it was interesting just seeing that, that whole thing, because that's showing the rift between Gap and Devin. But anyways, I did find it interesting. I knew which way Darrell was going to vote when they didn't show CT talking to Darrell. Right? Yeah. You only saw CT talking to Amber, and Amber didn't even really have an answer or a comeback or whatever. So at this point, you know, Josh is trying to tell everyone that he's not shook, and he has to say that. But really, he he was con- he was confident in the numbers that he had, and he proved to be right because in the deliberation, it was interesting how the deliberation went, because I got to give Devin a lot of credit. He played the deliberation better than anyone I've seen in a very long time. But that also comes from years and years of being on the show. So Devin... And maturity. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and having an understanding of the game, right? Like, he basically played the layup card and called it the layup card. Like, whatever you want to call it, this is just the reality of the situation. If you have a skull, you're giving CT a skull instead of keeping him as the layup. Right? Like he's mm-hmm. saying, it doesn't make sense. Like, wouldn't you rather have me have a skull and go against me in the final? Right? Because you could beat me. Instead, you're going to give one to CT. And on the flip side, if you don't have a skull, wouldn't you rather still have me in the game that you can then try and take my skull when you have power next week? 
And to be honest, he's right. Where's mm-hmm. where's the flaw in that theory? If you're if you're Leroy, if you're any one of those people sitting there, Devin's not a threat to you, right? That's no. the thing that that is was super interesting. So if you didn't have a skull, like if you're Darrell and you don't have a skull, so whose skull are you going to take now? Yeah, right. And that's the part to me where it was like, hmm, interesting. Um, but Devin's gameplay, do, do you like Devin's gameplay just in terms of saying, hey, I'm the layup here. Do you guys really want to put me in? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the, I mean, all season, people have, it's clear that CT and Durrell mm-hmm. and Lolo and Nam are not getting voted in because people are scared of them. Yeah. And like the, reverse thinking of that is people are not scared of Devin. They're not scared of Josh. Mm-hmm. CT is putting himself in no matter what, because he knows this is probably his only chance to get a skull. Yeah. So do you want to get rid of Devin? No. Do you want to get rid of Josh? Probably not. You want to get rid of Fessy. That's who, that's who you want to vote in really. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause then CT has a skull. Sure. Or CT's eliminated from the game. Exactly. Nope, Those I are the totally two agree. Outcomes. I totally agree. Put strong against strong. You don't want to totally put strong agree. against weak. Totally agree. And like, I understand CT asking for the goof. Um, yeah. and I thought it was funny when Anissa's like, I don't know who the goof is. Yeah. But given that CT has made his intentions so clear, the move has to be put in Fassi. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, though, too, it still comes down to votes. Like, if I'm Darrell, yeah. yeah, of course I'd want to do that. If I'm, you know, Kyle and that side of the house, of course I'd want to do that. None of it really made sense. But, of course, you know, CT wants to get his skull as well. So he's not going to direct his side of the house to put in Bessie, right? So that's no. where the, the disconnect and the genius behind creating this strategy for the gameplay comes in. Um, the part I didn't understand is Corey voting with the big brother side. Like I found that kind of weird, but he's just kind of laying low, I guess. Lolo voting against the big brother side because they didn't give her any votes last time. Um, and then as we know, Darrell ends up voting for Devin. So it's Devin versus CT. And there's a scene where Josh is crying. It's him, um, Corey and Anissa. And Josh is crying because he's like, oh, it just feels good. I've never made it this far in the game before with friends. And it's good to know that, you know, my friends had my back and, you know, I had enough votes and I never made it this far. And that part hit me because I was like, oh, wait a second. So we've been talking about Josh being so insecure for however many seasons, right? And now you're really seeing it because he just wanted to be liked. So he mm-hmm. thinks coming on this show, and even when you, I go back to his Big Brother season where he's banging on pots and pans and all that, and he thinks he's riling up the other side of the house. Like he's doing that to gain friends, to have people like him. And then now he's in a situation where finally people are actually able to prove to him that they do like him and they're on his side, right? Like they're on his side in the house. He has more numbers in the other side, and that part hit him. Because that's kind of mm-hmm. all he's really been searching for, probably more than actually winning, right? Because yeah. he knows his level of what he's able to, to do. But at this point, he's like, oh, man, like the move probably was to put me in <laughs> instead of Devin and keep Devin around. But these people actually really like me. I thought Corey had a great line at the end of that because Josh is crying and, you know, they do the group hug. And Corey's like, see, that's that feeling right there when you don't get have to go against CT. because it's so true it's so true so there's a scene as mentioned where lolo leaves and whatever she gives like some stupid speech to everyone she's leaving all right peace later get out of here we end up in the crater and you see the challenge and what the challenge is going to be it was the one where killer cam went against actually where you get to swing you're attached to the rope and you're swinging and you're reaching for so that's what it looks like. So we find out that it's Devin and um, 
Did I get that right? Yeah, Devin and Gabby. Devin and Gabby get sent down. But before they even, like, go to CT to say, like, hey, what do you want to do? Who are you guys going to vote for? Are you going to come down? All of a sudden, the lights start going off, and it says there's been a security breach. And everyone's like, what? What does that mean? And Devin's just yelling, yes, yes, let's go, let's go. (laughs) Nobody knows what it means. And TJ's just like, I told you. Whenever you think you know what's coming in this show, you don't. You have no idea what's about to happen. It's been a security breach. And everyone's just like, what does that mean? And then the episode ends. So this is the first episode of the season where there's a cliffhanger where we have no idea what's going to happen or what the security breach is because it literally could be anything. Like it could be, you know, it's both partners going in against each other. They're going to get rid of, it's a double elimination. They're going to get rid of a guy and girl. Right, like we we don't know what it could be at all, so I kind of like it because it added some drama to an episode that, or to even a season that I feel like has been heavy on the gameplay, heavy on the strategy, but not really heavy on the drama. And I think this at least provides some form of, okay, I can't wait to see what happens next episode. Whereas for the majority of seasons, kind of like, okay, I'm along for the ride, and I'm playing along. But like it hasn't really like hooked me in. Like I'm, I don't really know what I'm watching yet because there's so many twists and turns. If that makes sense, it does. First of all, I have to say, I think it's pretty obvious what the security breach is. Okay. I think it's Teresa's coming back to even up the women hmm. numbers after oh, Lola, Lola leaves. leaves. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense because that's. Security breach is the phrasing they used when Smashly came back. Ah, so I think someone else went home. Yeah, I think it's just Teresa coming back because Lolo left, which I know is going to be disappointing. Not that people dislike Teresa, but just like it's this hype moment. It's just going to be like, you here comes Toxic I, Tea. You know what I watched recently? And I don't even know why I was watching this. Or maybe someone posted about it on the challenge facebook group and that made me look up the scene on youtube but the classic ct versus teresa basketball game if yeah. you've never seen that you should go back and re-watch it or sorry if you've never seen it go back and watch it if you have seen it go back and re-watch it because i for whatever reason remembered it being like super short but it was way mm. longer of a scene than i thought it was and they're good at basketball like they yeah. both are really good at ball, like handles, dribble, jumpers. Like I was like, what is okay? Like it's a really fun scene, and and you know for us, we've watched the challenge for a long enough time that we remember Teresa, so we know like Teresa was like fun and jokes in the house and like a really good old school challenge person, if that makes sense, right? And so on this one, we kind of don't know why people dislike her, don't know why people don't trust her, but we know that she's a good competitor. Well, then yeah. she was a good competitor and she was very smashly like in terms of like a uh, character in the house, drama wise as well. But yeah. even this season, I hope you're right. if, even, if you're right, that would be cool. Even this season, I liked, and I said this on a previous episode of You Killed It, I've liked Teresa this season because I feel that most of the people in the house are playing a very simple and scared game. And Teresa wasn't. Yeah. And Devin is not. Mm-hmm. CT is not. But there's a lot of people who are playing scared. And our listener, Mona, wrote in to ask me um, what we think of the Skull format for its second season. She liked it at first, like when it was introduced last season. But now she feels it's only encouraging people to play scared. What do you think at this point? I think it's still TBD because there's something big that's going to happen soon. Yeah. I I think it's still sort of up in the air. I wonder if part of the format of like being able to switch partners and sort of like the random selection of partners, I wonder how much that, well, it wasn't random selection originally, but I wonder how much that has influenced people's thinking mm-hmm. and made them more conservative. I agree that people are playing scared and I don't like it. Um, I like in my mind, basically everyone's attitude should be, I'm going to win a daily competition. I'm going to go and get my gold skull against the weakest possible competitor. 
and then I'm going to get my friends in. Like that, I think, should be like sort of like the default strategy, and we haven't seen that this season. No, I agree with that. Uh, we've already established who killed it for us this week. CT and Big T. Yeah. Obviously. But what was your line of the episode? I gave like four already. Um, I know. It was a funny episode. It was. I enjoyed it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I don't know if I give it to Corey or maybe Leroy. Look at her over there looking all thick. <laughs> just the way that he said it was hilarious. It just made me laugh. Because I, I love Leroy and Cam. I like them as a couple. I think I like what they're doing. I love their gameplay this season. Maybe it's just Big T that was marvelous or it was marvelous. You know, I don't know. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot in this episode. A lot to choose from. We went through. I, I think it's I think it's got to be the whole conversation between CT and Big T. I know that's not, not a line. I'm not mad at that. But just the whole con- the whole conversation after they were pretty sure that they won and like the pole dancing, quite marvelous. His like thick Boston mumble, her like up what sounds to our Canadian ears as like an upper crust posh British accent. Like the whole the whole scene just had me in stitches. It was hilarious. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was good. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, YouTube Sheldon Alexander, Twitch On Blast Podcast. We make moves. We're doing things. We're doing things out here. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. Still not going to yell again because I'm not at home right now. (laughs) 